a Southridge. Good to be with you today. Uh, it's it's an honor and privilege. I just want to thank Pastor Jeff for having me as a guest. I, I know you don't know me. My name is Scott Schneiderman, and I'm with Requip Ministries. And started this ministry is really a passion birthed out of to help churches to come alongside churches and to give them discipleship models, teaching, and also some curriculum. And, and so. I want to offer that up to you as well, that if that is a benefit to you, we have a website. You can get to that with re-qip.org, so that's requip.org. On there, we've got a podcast with a ton of teaching. We have a published uh, renewed discipleship training guide where you can go out and you can make disciples that make other disciples. So I hope and encourage that you do that. Hey, we're going to dive right into this and Getting into just the overall big idea, and I'm coming along with all the things that you've been learning and and your pastor's been teaching you through, the big idea is that the more time that you spend with God, the more you see him. Because I really believe that when you really see Jesus, you're just going to fall in love with him all over again. And I'm reminded of the promise that James gives us, James 4, 8, and he says, draw near to God as he draws near to you. What an amazing promise. And and he's actually referencing back to the Old Testament. It's the same God, the same promise back in Jeremiah 29, 12. And it's saying the same thing, just draw near to God. We just want to connect with God. And I come away thinking that we're as close to God as we want to be. And that's extremely encouraging because God wants to be with you. So we want to dive right into this. And I've noticed over some time as we've been looking at church history and and especially what's going on right now, I mean, we got to get away from the old metrics of just counting people. We have to get away from that. We need to move into really evaluating and really growing spiritually as the time gets closer when Jesus is coming. We need to really grow in that and then have this passion where we are drawn near to God. And so we're going to grow and we're going to do some things. So I'm coming alongside what your pastor's already been doing in you throughout this whole year, where you're getting Christ-centered, God-focused, and spiritually filled and empowered to do the things that God's already prepared in advance for you to do. So as we start, I want us to consider and think through this big question throughout this whole series, is how do you best connect with God? That's something you have to think through, and we've been um, looking through Gary Thomas's book, and he he gave some great insights from this. He's he's pulling it from the scriptures and looking at churches and seeing how um, we can kind of do this better and how we can connect with God, and it's called Sacred Pathways. And it's just this big idea that God's designed you to connect with him. And there's individual ways that he wants to draw near to you. And I want to go through some of these nine spiritual pathways that you've been wired, that you've been designed. And you might see yourself in some of these. So I'm just going to list them out. I'm not going to go too much into it. And then at the end, we're going to get into some application so you can take some of these spiritual disciplines away and use them. So maybe you are more of a traditionalist or you could be a naturalist. Or maybe an intellectual, or you're contemplative. You could be more um, aesthetics, or you are more activist-driven. you, you got to be doing things for God. 
you're a caregiver and you're just loving on people. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're more enthusiastic and you're an enthusiast or you're a sensate where you're just drawing close to God through all the senses that God's given to you. So as we step into this, there, there's a big thing that God has uniquely designed you and he wants to draw near to you. So our goal that we're getting through this, one of the major things that we want to answer is how do you apply your styles to these staples so that you can maximize your connection with your heavenly father? So as we get into this, I'm going to ask you to lean in for just a moment. I'm going to ask you to, to step into this. And we're going to require some things of you as we go through this series. There's three big things. The first thing is make sure you gather. Like that, that is just, we are designed for that. We're designed to gather together. It might be online or it might be um, when we're gathering physically. But I'm saying you need to gather. And, and the next thing is just surrender. Whatever those areas are where it's your hurts and your, your failures, the things that haven't worked out right, just, just surrender those to God and trust Jesus in the process. And the last thing is to commit to the process. There's going to be some spiritual disciplines. There's going to be things that you get to do. You don't have to, but you get to do so you can draw closer to Jesus. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and, and get those out. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, 1 through 10. And um, as you're getting there, you just want to give a little background about Luke. I love Luke. I love the Gospel of Luke because he's not one of your normal disciples. He didn't uh, see Jesus on this earth. He wasn't an original eyewitness, an original 12 disciple. He later converted when he was in um, Antioch in Syria. He, he likely heard the message from Paul. And he was just a medical doctor. He was just a professional. He was a highly educated man. And he actually wrote more in percentage than Paul and John, even though he only wrote two books. So that gives you a sense of the kind of detail that Dr. Luke goes through. And so that's where we want to land on that is he's going to teach us some things and he's recording the words of Jesus. And I love Luke because he went back and investigated some things. He went back and checked things out, made sure they were true. He's going to lay out an orderly account. And so getting into this, Luke chapter 11, 1 through 10. Once Jesus was in a certain place, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food that we need and give us and forgive us of our sins as we've forgiven those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. And then teaching more about prayer he used a story and he said, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight and wanted to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived on a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from the bedroom. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. 
But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And if you, you probably guessed it at this point, the first staple that we're going to get into is prayer. We're going to land on that, and, and Jesus is going to teach us how to connect with our Heavenly Father through prayer. And A. Southridge, I know we, I w- you, want, you want to be honest here. Don't just... Um, Come and, and pretend, because I know if you're like me, you've gone into prayer and and nothing's happened. You've gone into prayer and there's been some some challenges. Prayer is not some basic thing. I mean, if you're if you're reading through Luke's account, I mean, there were some things he taught. This was about midway through the ministry, so potentially a year or two into teaching his disciples, he then taught them to pray. So don't think that this is some basic thing. This is not as easy as we might make it out to be. And I remember just a few years ago, I was actually leading a prayer devotion. And my kids, who now are 14 and 11, many years ago, so they were a lot younger, and they said they got up early, you know, because I had to get there. I had to get there early to set everything up and make sure I'm prepared. And they're like, Dad, do we, you know, do we really need to go? I don't know if it's like that in your family, but where your kids ask a question, it's really a statement. And that's how it was with us. They were basically saying, we don't need to go. We're not the preacher man. We're not giving the word. We're not drawing people into pray because from their perspective, they say, we're going to go into a room. We're going to be forced to be quiet, even though we want to play. We want to talk to people. We're going to be silent for a while and then we're going to leave and nothing's going to happen. And I wasn't mad at him. Like, I'm like, I get where you're coming from because I was in the same place. I've been in the same place. And the reason is for, for my kids because they'd never connected with God in a deep way. They'd never at that point seen God come through in a big way where they needed him to. But we're going to ask you to, to lean in and be persistent because God will come through and he does answer prayers as Jesus actually promised. So there might be some difficulties, there might be some things that you just have to be honest with yourself. And, and it was just a few years ago, I was called to lead this project. And um, I was recruiting people into this, and we were um, going to do an amazing thing for God. And, and so it was, it was exciting because there were people I didn't really even know yet, but I invited them to come into this and say, God's gifted you, he's given you talents, just trust me, just step into this. And then they became to come alive. And, and it was amazing to see how they were able to do all these things for God and they just came alive. They didn't feel like they had to, but they got to do this. And I, one, one guy in particular, I got really close to. And I didn't really know him before, but it was everything that was going on with this project and we were just talking about it, constantly communicating. We got really close. And then even stepping out of that and leaving that, and it was a tough situation. 
we got really close again. We kind of hunkered in. We communicated a bunch back and forth together. But then as the months and, and now years have gone by, we kind of lost communication. We kind of got disconnected a little bit, and we really don't communicate anymore. And, and I realized, I don't really know you. I just was able to communicate with you because it was a tough situation. Or maybe even when it was a good situation, but it was just really tough to, to go through those hard times. But, but I realized, man, I don't really know you. I don't know the real you. And I wonder if sometimes that could be how it is with our relationship with God. When it's a really exciting time or really difficult time, we feel like we're really close, but it's in those mundane times we're like, man, I just don't feel you, God. I just don't feel like I know you and I'm connecting with you. But God is giving us the path. And we want to go through some of those principles that Jesus is teaching us. And the first principle is this. And, and in fact, it's, Jesus doesn't even say anything. He actually does something to teach us a little bit about prayer and how to connect with God. The first thing is he disconnects to connect. That's the first thing he does. He has to separate himself from other people so that he can be connected to God. And we find that in the beginning of Luke chapter 11, and it starts and it says, Jesus was in a certain place. One way to think of that is Jesus was in a specific place. He went to a place where he was familiar with. He went to a place where the only time he went there was because he was meeting with God. And so the question is, what is that place for you? It, it, maybe you don't have that place yet. So what could that place be? Where could you go? Where could you start that today? And, and the second thing is, we need to pray personally. I love how Jesus models that. And he starts out by saying, our Father. Isn't that, to me, that's just amazing. I just fall in love with Jesus again when I just hear that, that he is inviting us into that relationship with him and the Father. He says, our Father. He doesn't just say, my Father. He says, our Father. Like, he's yours too. You can go to him just like I go to him. And uh, there's something with that kind of parental relationship where it's just that connection. And uh, for me, when I was younger, uh, my parents got divorced and I was a pretty young age. And my uh, dad separated from my mom and he got remarried to my stepmom. Her name is Carol. And I actually lived with my dad and my stepmom and not with my mom. But I always consider my mom my mom. We always had that connection, even though we physically weren't that close together all the time. We saw each other on weekends in different times. And even though I spent the most time with my stepmom, I just couldn't, couldn't bring myself to call her mom because that's reserved for a special relationship. And our father wants to have that same relationship with you. In fact, he already does. If you put your faith in Jesus, if you believe that Jesus died in your place for your sin and he rose again on the third day, I mean, you have that relationship. When God looks at you, he's like, that's my boy. That's my girl. I love you. And we have that personal relationship. And the third thing is we need to pray persistently. We have to keep at it. We have to just keep 
persistently going to him. Like he's not annoyed at you. He's not bothered if you're coming to him and it's like, leave me alone, I'm trying to watch the game. Like, dad's not doing that. Our father isn't doing that. And I love the story that Jesus tells because he, you know, back in that culture, it was, hospitality was very big. And in the story, there's this guy that has a guest to his house. And because he didn't prepare his house to be hospitable, he went to his friend's house and saying, yeah, I didn't store anything up. I don't have any bread. I can't take care of this, this family that came and visited me. They probably came from a long way. Instead of me going through all that, I'm going to bother you. And you, he might have been friends at one point, but if you just put your baby to bed and they're all sleeping in the same bed and you're, you're trying not to get anybody to wake up and then somebody's knocking and you're praying to the Lord, please go away. Please don't wake up this sleeping child. And then the mom's awake, the babies are awake, and you're like, all right, I'm getting up to help. And Jesus is saying, how much more is our heavenly Father who loves you, who's not burdened, who's not taking a nap, who's not trying to get the kids to sleep, how much more is he going to help you if this other guy that doesn't really like you in the moment is going to help you? God is he's waiting for you. He wants you to keep going to. You're not going to bother him, even with the small things. He wants you to keep going to him. And, and Jesus has given us all these specific ways to draw near to him. And I want to get into some of these things because the point is, it's all about building a relationship. It's not about getting things from God. God's going to provide for you, but it's not about getting things from him. I, I think of it this way, that we either see Jesus as the slot machine or the jackpot. We see Jesus as the treasure. We don't go to God because we need to get something from him. We go to God to get God. We go to him to have a relationship to be drawn near to him. That's the goal of our lives. And so some application and then closing here. Man, if you are a traditionalist, there might be some areas that uh, maybe you're going back to some of those old books, some of those fathers in the faith. Maybe you're going back to Augustine. And w- what did he talk about prayer? And maybe you're you're outlining different things and you're, you're seeing what are these ways that I can be a little bit more regular and, and have some of these traditions built in. That's okay. That's okay. If that draws you near to God, do it. Or maybe you're a naturalist. It's almost the opposite of that where you just got to get outside. I, I'm just getting away from all the structure. I just need to be in nature. Maybe you just need to go camping. Or maybe you just put a backpack on and you're just going hiking and you see God's creation and then you're worshiping God, you're praying in that. You could be an intellectual. And this is where with you using your mind, you just draw near to God. And in a good book I, I encourage you to read is um, uh, Mark Batterson's book and it's The Circle Maker. And this is one of those things where he goes through different systems, different processes. He's drawing circles around things. He's praying for them. Whatever it takes to get you to God, like do that. Pray to your Father who wants to hear from you. You could be um, contemplative. That means you're you're that kind of person. You've got a leather-bound book, and you've got a journal. You've got a nice place. You're bringing that out. You're You're writing love notes to God. 
You're writing down scriptures and you're praying those back to God. And that kind of thing just stirs your affections for Jesus. You, you could be um, more of a aesthetics where you are just, you got to get alone. And sometimes that's me. I just got to get away from people. Remember Jesus, he disconnected from people. He had to go to that certain place. And for me, I know, I go, I go to my basement, I go to a certain chair, and that's where I'm sitting, that's where I'm praying, that's where I'm worshiping at the same time. But you could also be an activist where it's like, no, I, I can't get alone. Like, there's things to do. Like, I need to get out there. I got to be on the front lines. And it's not that you're performing for God, but you're participating with God. And you, you have a checklist of things, and you are just falling in love with Jesus in that way. You could be, you know, a caregiver. Like I said, you, you just love on people. There's a nursing home you got to get to. There is some people in the church. Maybe it's in, in the local church. You need to reach out to some people. Maybe it's some, some older people that just need somebody to sit down and just, just listen to them. Whatever that is, just draw near to him. If you're an enthusiast, I mean, you, your worship music is up. You got the lights on. You got like, I don't know if you got a strobe light or a smoke machine. I don't know what's going on. But you are worshiping Jesus at the top of your lungs and you are enthusiastic and you are giving your whole body and whole soul into it. And go for it if that is you. If you're, if you're more of a sensate and it's got to be calm, you got a nice candle going, you got some, some mood lighting going on, you're just traveling out to the park and you're just, you're just sitting with God. You're just being still and being calm and listening to the Holy Spirit. If that is you, go after whatever that is. And the thing is, I want to leave you on this. God wants to be with the real you. He doesn't want to be with some false, future, fake version of yourself. I mean, he came for you. God saw the real you that, that went to that website just the other night that you, you know you shouldn't have been to. You know you shouldn't have gone there. I mean, he, know, he went for you that you have that relationship that you really shouldn't be in right now. He came for that you. Or, or the you that you just blew up at your spouse and you just, you got angry. You don't even know where that came from. Maybe you're just overbearing to your kids. Maybe you're cutting corners at work. I don't, I don't know what it is, but he came for you. And, and Jesus saw the real you. And, and the Father, the Father that loves you, sent Jesus on a rescue mission for you, the real you, not a future version of yourself. And when you put your faith in Jesus, that he died on the cross for your sins, and that he rose again on the third day to prove how much he loved you, you put your faith in him, you're going to have this relationship that's going to continue to grow, continue to cultivate. Go to that God, the real God, not some false God that we want to create. And so I want to leave you on that, and I want to pray for you and uh, hope that you spend some time with your father. Let's pray. Father, you are amazing. Lord, thank you that we get to call you father. Thank you that we get to seek after you. And I love how you've created us, how you've designed us. And it's individual because you want to have a personal relationship with us. You want to have those ways that you created us where we get drawn into you. Lord, help us to cultivate those areas and stir up the spirit that's in us or the gifting that we have that we get to use for your glory. And that will help us draw near to you. Lord, 
I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will awaken a powerful spirit of prayer in this church, Lord, that you're going to cause revival as people are turning away from sin and people are turning back to you. And Lord, that you would do that all for your glory in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.